Well, hello, hello, hello. Look who it is. It's you again. How lovely. Thank you for popping back to have a listen to uh, this episode of the Mild Mannered Army podcast. I'm sure you must have much more important things to do and probably much more interesting things to do. Just off the top of my head, I can think of probably three or four dozen things that uh, I'd rather be doing than sitting where you are uh, listening to me talking about this stuff, what I'm going to be talking about. So, yes, thank you. Bless your giddy hearts. Uh, yeah, this is episode four? Four? I think. Episode four. Let's go with episode four. And if it's episode five, well, who cares? You know, if age is just a number, then podcast episodes are just random assortments of this isn't going anywhere really, is it? Let's let, look, let's just forget everything that's that's gone before. Hello. Thank you for being here. This is another episode of the Mild Mannered Army podcast, and it's something a little bit different uh, this time around. I'm going to be joined by the rather wonderful Britpop Memories from the Twitter, uh, real name James, who has spent the last few years archiving and sharing Britpop Memories, scans and uploads and anniversaries of key events from the era, and really is a key player in the the modern uh, Britpop scene. He'd be far too humble to say something like that about himself, I'm absolutely sure. But it's it's true. Over 5,000 followers on Twitter, countless retweets, and several followers who are movers and shakers on the Britpop scene itself. Uh, That's not to be sniffed at. And we talked about our top 10 Britpop albums. And uh, that includes uh, some things that perhaps you would expect and maybe one or two things that you wouldn't expect. And I think what you will uh, agree on at the end, of course you won't agree with the, the, the choices, certainly not all of them, but what you will agree on is that James is a very entertaining, uh, charming and uh, informed character. So uh, many thanks to James for joining me this week, and I hope you enjoy listening. Cheerio. Hello, James. Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm very well, my friend. You had a good day? Yeah, not bad, not bad. The usual Monday, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you can do it that sounds uh, terrifyingly like the, the lyrics to a new Morrissey single. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> We're out of that. <laughs> We're off to a terrible start already. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, well, shall we just dive into it? All right. Well, I've I've got a question for you right right from the very get go. Yeah. Uh, and that is, of course, you are uh, Britpop memories on the Twitter. Yeah. So I want you to tell me a little bit about Britpop memories. How how long? Why? What sparked it? Obviously, massive Britpop fan, and I've been on Twitter for a few years now. Well, if it ain't out there, then maybe someone's got to put it out there and I'll do 
about, oh, I don't know now, probably two and a bit years ago, I think, I just started this account and just started tweeting out a few bits and pieces that I was finding myself, and stuff I already had, old magazines, etc. And people started following and, and retweeting it. And I thought, well, I'll well, see. a bit of interest in it. So I just uh, started tweeting a bit more and a bit more, and it just started really started snowballing, particularly. I mean, Nick from the Big Pop Revival show started to take an interest, which helped, obviously. I uh, got a few retweets of people like him that just got that little bit more momentum going. And it wasn't long before suddenly I realized I had like, a, you know, 500 followers, 1,000 followers. It just started with all the, 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 the milestones started coming. And I was like, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, it's gone from strength to strength. I said, just, just gone past 5,000 last week, I think it was. So, that was, that was quite incredible, really. And now I've got, I've got people following me, like Steve Paddock, uh, Nigel Clark from Dodgy, um, a few, yeah, a few actual Britpop people follow me and occasionally will retweet my stuff or, or comment back on it and like it, which is always quite, you know, quite bizarre, but, but nice. Um, and now obviously things like this, we're, we're going to start talking and I meet people at gigs and I've been at Star Shapes and People come up to me and said, "Oh, you must be Britpop memories." <laughs> and you know, come up and shake my hand and, and say, "Oh, I love your account," and keep it going. And then just feel off into the again. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. So if I'm with my mates, they think it's really hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm some sort of like deadlift celebrity or whatever. It's actually for loads of deadlift. You know, but that's, that's really it. It's really, it's really good for my own own benefit to get some more Britpop stuff on Twitter. And if people liked it, they'd be great. And if people weren't interested, I probably still would have done it anyway because I was just putting it up there for fun of it, really. And, and here we are, yeah, two and a half years later, 5,000 followers, and the Britpop revival in general is strength from strength to strength, and it doesn't look like it's, like it's going to stop anytime soon, really. When you think that the Britpop years themselves, by 1998, were pretty much done and dusted, the Reviver itself, we're in 2018, it doesn't look like it's going to stop yet. No, I, th- I think that's right. And I, th- I think what you what you say about initially beginning to do the account for yourself, I find that really interesting because the, the, my my blog, The Mild Mannered Army, yeah. started about sort of three or four years ago and it had nothing to do with, with Britpop. You know, there was a thing about my mum that started off, there was a thing about my mum and her fashion sense as a mod in the 60s and kind of going through that. And then there was a couple of things about becoming a dad and then there was nothing for a year or two. And then, yeah, I think last year I kind of had this mad notion to write a little piece about Mantery. And then somebody else suggested, well, you know, you should really use Twitter. And it was, you know, because of people like you and Star Shaped and absolutely Nick at the Britpop Revival Show and a few other people that began to pick up a bit of interest. And I think you're right. The, the, the interesting thing is there is definitely uh, an, an, an appetite that, that borders on the ravenous for the Britpop era. Right. People seem very, very connected to it. It's surprising, isn't it? Because it's always, Britpop's always been, not, not ridiculed, but it's never been taken very seriously, has it? It's always been a bit of fun in the 90s. And the 90s in general have always been looked back on as being a bit of a fun decade. 
realise that actually it probably was the last, the last of the big, the big cultures. Maybe, I, I, maybe there'll be another news to come. But really, at the moment, nothing's come and replaced uh, the nineties and Britpop particularly. And I think people are starting to look back at it really fondly and say, actually, no, it really was good. And you know, I love that sleeper seven inch, or I love that menswear gig, or yeah. And uh, they they sort of forgotten about how much they loved it, and, and people like myself, you, Hip Hop Revival Show, Starshade, of course, Starshade massively, really wetting people's appetite, and people are getting really back into it. And I think I think that's why this Hip Hop Revival is still slowly picking up pace because people are still slowly going. Oh yeah, I really liked it. Actually, I really liked it. And, and and they they're getting they're jumping on board again. And I think uh, I, I don't think it's going to stop yet. I think we might see another year or two yet. No, I, I think you're right. I, th- I think the fact that you know bands are now releasing new music again. I mean, we're we're all waiting with bated breath for what Sleeper are going to announce tomorrow at ten o'clock. But you know, my my, my gut feeling is that there may well be new music there. Um, you know, the Shed yeah. Seven album was for for me a career high. I, I I thought Instant Pleasures was faultless from start to finish. Salad's yeah. new album Lumen, you know, it, it just seems like you know, and, and the the blue tones with that kind of ongoing commitment to let people revisit, you know, the glories of their back catalogue. You know, there's so yeah. much. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you, and I, th- I think also that that idea that it was the last big pop cultural movement. I, I, I think you're right. I, I don't think we should shy away from that. Um, I think, you know, it was the, I, I, th- I think it was, it was either you or Brits and Pieces had put something up on Twitter the other day about a sort of early uh, blur uh, website or pulp, but it was one of the two, you know, really early sort of uh, website. Yeah. Yeah, it was Yeah, and you know, and that I think that's the interesting thing as well. It, it, there was something very organic and very physical about Britpop. There was a genuine kind of connection, and the internet, I think, for all of its glories, has kind of allowed people not to have to work quite so hard at these things, um, and so there's a bit of distance, uh, a, a lack of connectivity between people and between the bands. And that, I think that is part of what makes Britpop so special for people who were there. Yeah, because it, 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 straddles, it straddles two eras, doesn't it? It starts off in 93, you know, late 92, early 93, it starts off as its very first beginning. Um, and it finishes in 98. You could almost argue 99, probably still just the last 10 yeah. of it coming through. And in that, Three years or whatever, so that's so six years or whatever. The world changed. I mean, it just changed it massively, didn't it? The internet. I mean, when I was, I mean, I was at school in, in 1993, There was one computer in the school that had email. That was it. And you weren't allowed to touch it. Jesus, no, you weren't allowed to touch it. You were murdered. Um, by 99, I was at university, and I had, I had, a, I had an email address and, and etc. etc. And the world changed, massively changed. You don't realise until you look back and just think, God. And the enemy and melody maker were the Bible. And, you know, it, what they said went. And if you wanted to find out about gigs and, and stuff going on, you have to read them. But now you don't. Now it's just, it's everywhere, isn't it? And like you say, you don't have to work for it. I mean, it's, so for kids these days, they probably think it's brilliant. But actually, we're probably missing out on so 
some of the fun that we had really. You, you did have to work for it. You did have to go out there and, you know, and find stuff out for yourself, which is good. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that, I think, James. I, th- I think that idea of... Uh, and I, I, I know how this is going to sound to anybody under the age of 97, you know, but the, the idea of going to a record shop and buying a record and potentially the guy in the record shop saying, oh, have you heard this? Or, you know, meeting somebody at a gig who might well be flogging their own kind of limited edition seven-inch single or who might have a fanzine that then connects you with something else. It's it's that physical aspect that I kind of mourn more than anything, I think. Yeah, it's uh yeah, yeah, and I think you're right as well about the enemy melody maker, the idea of going to you know, the the news agents and picking up a copy and finding out something about a band that you didn't know or about a gig that was coming up. Yeah, there was something genuinely thrilling about that and I I worry that the thrill has gone somewhat. Um right, look let's let's turn our attention to, to something you and I have been threatening to do for a while um and that is talk about kind of favorite records from the from the Britpop era um yeah i I put a thing up in the blog the other week from that old guardian article 10 of the best which was pretty much an anti-britpop list so um what would what would be what would be one of your choices what would maybe be one of you if you if you and i were going to compile a top 10 between us what, what would what would you chuck into the mix well, I think firstly, I'd probably have to go for one of the classics as well. I'd probably have to start off with definitely maybe, I think for me, it's probably one of the most important albums in my life, certainly, because it, you know, it, it totally, totally blew me away and changed the way I looked at music a lot. I mean, I was, you know, before before that Oasis explosion came along, I was still quite young. I was, you know, when 1994, when the album was released, I was about 15. Yeah. And I was like a typical 15-year-old kid, and I was, you know, a little, you know, angry little teenager, and, yeah, I was listening to whatever teenagers were listening to, Raging Machine, Nirvana, that sort of stuff, you know, in terms of music that I was, you know, discovering as new, and, and most of the time, you know, before that, I'd been listening to my parents' stuff, so, you know, like my dad's Who albums and, and Stones and stuff like that, and, and suddenly Oasis came along, and released definitely maybe, and they were my band. You know, this is my band. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow these guys. They're going to be my band, and um, definitely maybe just stands up to this day as an incredible album. Absolutely incredible, start to finish. Love it. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that. I, th- I think I would t- have to have that in the in the mix as well. Can you can you remember the first time you heard them or that you heard about them? Very, very well, actually, very well. So, um, it was the night they played the word, um, Friday, the whatever it was, of, was it March, March 94? I think that's right, yeah. Can't remember the exact date, but um, it was a Friday night, and um, my parents used to go out on a Friday night every week. It was one of the, of the village pub and, and whatever. And um, I'd stay at home and babysit my brother and sister, they'd be fast because they were quite young. And I used to sit and watch trashy, rubbish television, thinking it was really risque, and oh wow, I've grown up my. And I used to watch the word because it was so outrageous. And I remember, I remember, uh, just yeah, just introduced the waiters. So, oh, they were then they were like, and uh, that drum kicks in. <laughs> and then just mesmerised. Like four minutes or whatever, I was just mesmerised. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Ian Gallagher just 
kneeling down that microphone, staring into the into the TV camera. It's like he just wants to come into the living room and punch it. And the rest of the band looking just so uninterested, just so nonchalant, not caring at all. Yet they're on national television. And they're just lads from Manchester and just don't give a damn. And I just thought, and the song, obviously, the song Supersonic is brilliant. To this day, it's probably still one of my favourite ever songs. And it just, yeah, it just absolutely grabbed me by the throat. And I thought, wow. That band is amazing. So I remember it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can remember watching that episode of, of the word. You know, I'm I'm a bit older than you by probably a good four or five years, and uh, yeah. uh, because I had no life and no friends until Britpop started, I can remember I can remember being in a, a my, my mate's uh, student accommodation flat, whatever, uh, watching the word as well, and that coming on, and genuinely uh, the two of us just sort of turning and looking at each other, and we'd already been kind of turned on to the idea of a kind of mod revival, you know, the new wave and new wave, and then the new mod revival, yeah. you know, those um, uh, Fierce Panda records, Shagging in the Streets and Return to Splendour, Blur's yeah. Modern Life is Rubbish. So we were we were kind of there, but yeah, exactly like you, there, there was something very, very um, exciting about watching Oasis that night. You know, you, you're right, there was a yeah. sort of contempt for their surroundings, uh, a sort of bravado uh, and uh, a, a raw energy that was yeah it was genuinely really exciting uh, right okay good okay definitely maybe right I'm, I'm gonna jump in um, anybody who knows me will know that there's only one choice uh, and I've got it sitting in front of me hold on here it is and that is uh, a heartbreaking and staggering work of genius that is Lux by Thurman is just a genuinely brilliant pop record you know, you, you can listen to it, and I've I've written about this before. It's like a it's like a jukebox of Britpop. You know, there's 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 a bit of T Rex in there. There's a bit of Bowie. You can hear Blur. You can hear Oasis. You know, it's 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 all there. And I, I love the fact as well that that Nick Kenny uh, and his brother were in a heavy metal band and a heavy <laughs> uh, yeah and a, a heavy metal band of some renown. You know, they they've had a big hit single in America. They were they they were going places. Um, and, and and then they kind of start connecting with or reconnecting with some of the music from their childhood, some of the stuff that was, you know, listened to by their parents, and then some of the newer stuff. And I, I don't know. I don't know how authentic they were. I don't know how uh, real they were. But it's an album that brings me a, a great deal of joy every time I listen to it. I just think it's awesome. Yeah, no. And it's, and it's not an album many people are going to know. I mean, anyone who's listening to this is going to go, You know, it's it's not the Holy Bible by the Manix, you know? It's, no, it doesn't have to be, does it? <laughs> no, exactly. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people forget about Britpop. There were a lot of very great records and a lot of very serious and important pop records. And, I guess, uh, pop slash rock records. But there was a lot of, you, you touched on it earlier, James, there was a lot of fun in that era. And I, I'm, I'm not embarrassed uh, to, to say that, you know, I like the fun of it. Absolutely. I would like to be worrying about paying more. I'd be going and telling them where else. They'd go out and have a good time. Yeah, live it. Certainly. 
Absolutely. All right, uh, your next choice? Well, I think I'm going to go with Dogman Star by Sway. Oh, yes. Which is an amazing album. Which is an album, actually, when I was... Again, that would have come out when I was about probably 15, 16 years old. And actually probably went over my head. I liked, I liked, I liked the songs generally. You know, some of them you know, just sound great, like, you know, We Are the Pigs and, and things like that. Um, some of the riffs are amazing. But it, it's now, now, I'm 38 now, and I listen to it again, and I think, wow, it's just so well made. It's just, the songwriting is so good. And, and you know, the, the strings they put in and everything, it's just, it's just a, Incredible soundscape, yeah, certainly, certainly Dogman Star, and obviously it's, uh, it's an interesting album, isn't it, because, because um, Bernard Butler and and, and, uh, and the rest of the band went separate ways, and you know, it's, it's sort of like Bernard's you know, goodbye as such, but it's incredible, and, and like the single The Wild One, I mean The Wild One's quite swayed, it's got to be one of the greatest songs of the year, isn't it, it's just, it's just a beautiful piece of music. Yeah, the, 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 there will be no arguments from me about any of that. You know, I I I love Suede, and I I think for for me they were ground zero. They they were the band that put Britain and Britishness, and not in some terrible you know Nick Griffin style way, but you know in a very sort of romantic way, back on the agenda. Dogman Star, you're right, and it's a fantastic example of the the breadth and depth of what was going on in British music in the 90s. You know, you, you know the, the production, the strings, the, the power of the writing. There are certain moments that are just surreal, you know, daddy's speeding, you know, this kind of phenomenal. And, and then, the, you know, still life at the end. And Yeah, and I, I wouldn't disagree about the wild ones either. I mean, I, th- I think it's one of the great British pop records, full stop, uh, not just of the era. It stands toe-to-toe with, with anything that any of the, the greats uh, have done. Yeah, a, a magnificent record. And, of course, we find out today a new Suede record on yeah. its way in September. Well, I know, yeah. Crikey. I mean, yeah, what, what a day it's been. Sleeper, Sleeper announcement coming tomorrow and Suede album announced today. And, and like I go back to Spain at the start, isn't it? The Britpop revival as such. It's got some life in it, yeah. It, it's not stopped yet. No, I think you're right. And uh, on, on the off chance that... Um, Anybody from Suede is listening. Uh, James and I are both willing to receive uh, free copies of the new album uh, in oh, advance yeah. uh, to, re- to review. Please contact us via uh, Twitter. Right. Um, yeah. So it must, it must be me. Right. I'm. I'm going to go um, with the other album from round about the same time. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Modern Life is Rubbish by Blur. Um, and I can remember seeing photographs of, of Blur before the album came out. There must have been sort of press stuff going on, you know, with the Great Dane and the Dr. Martins and the suit jackets and the Fred Perrys and the mop tops. And I can remember the, the graffiti, you know, Modern Life is Rubbish, British Image Number 1. And that that really struck a chord with me. You know, I, I mentioned it earlier, my mum and dad were both mods in the 60s. So there'd been a lot of that kind of culture growing up in, in my home. And then to see that fusion of kind of mod and skinhead, and I guess a bit of indie as well. Um, and then the front cover with the mallard, this beautiful oil painting. And then the first time I heard For Tomorrow. I mean, we, you know, we talk about the wild ones. But, but there, there you go. I mean, the, another example of how amazing a time it was. I mean, a record like For Tomorrow. I mean, it was just... I mean, it's, it's, it's pop perfection. It's, it's just a terrific pop song. But that, that whole album, yeah. for me, 
I think still remains my favourite Blur record. I, I know a lot of people have a lot of love for things like Part Life, but, but Modern Life is Rubbish for me is, yeah, I, I just love it. Modern Life is Rubbish, again, at the time, how I had that album, and I didn't play it that much, actually, in fairness, because then, because Park Life came along, Park Life became my favourite Blur album, but again, going back now, Modern Life is Rubbish is, is better than Park Life. It, it's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a completely different album. You can't really compare the two. I mean, you can't compare Girls and Boys and Park Life as singles with, yeah, like, no. Tomorrow and Technical World, where they're, they're totally pulled apart. All great in their own way, but uh, yeah, Modern Life is Rubbish is certainly, certainly up there. It has to be on any list, doesn't it, for the 90s? I think so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sitting here with a, a copy of Chemical World on 12-inch single in front of me, and it came with a a free art print of the of the of the of the sleeve, you know, with a sort of Ferrari or Porsche. Yeah, I think it's a Ferrari, oh, and yeah. you know, and the horse yeah. and the bridge and all that kind of stuff. And I, for, I mean, I don't know why I took this, but I've, I've mentioned on um, one of the things I put in the blog about blagging my way backstage on the Part Life tour. You know, a friend and I met Paul Tunkin of the Weekenders, um, and he was DJing on that tour and he came out of this venue and asked us if we knew where a second-hand record shop was. We took him. He put us on the list um, for that night in Glasgow at a venue that no longer exists called the Plaza. And then the following night, they were in Edinburgh at the uh, Queen's Hall, which is mad to think of because that is a small venue, like a really wow. small venue. Yeah, so I'd, I'd gone to see Blur at the Queen's Hall in Edinburgh and I'd, yeah, lunked along this free artwork and got it signed by Damon, Dave and I think Graham. Uh, yeah. yeah. But not Alex because he was surrounded by a sort of bevy of incredibly beautiful women. But he's a magnet. Uh, he? Yeah, I mean there's there's, there's no... A cheese magnet or something. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> a, che a cheese magnet. Yeah, from babe magnet to cheese magnet. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I see that as a downward turn in events uh, for Alex, but there you go. Yeah, and I can remember looking at Graham and he's all, you know, kind of slightly forlorn looking in a corner and um, I ended up sitting next to Damon to ask for his autograph and he was regaling the, the bevy of uh, beautiful young women who were around him with tales of how to, yeah, to, to, I think to the end must have been coming out at this point because he... <laughs> He was talking about how it was going to be number one because Radio 2 were going to love it and it was very radio-friendly. <laughs> well. I remember being really disappointed. I thought, wait a minute, you, you're meant to be a, a pop star. You you know, you should be talking about organising... TV's out windows or something. Yeah, or, you know, organising an orgy and taking pity on me and asking me to come along. I don't know, you know, I could have helped... Yeah, that, that'd have been fine. You know, I, I'm well aware of my uh, limitations in the looks department. So, you know, the holding the coat at an orgy with Damon Albarn would have been fantastic. It's a star, isn't it? <laughs> We've all got to start somewhere, yeah. Right, so um, Modern Life is Rubbish then. Yes, we, we are agreed on Modern Life is Rubbish. All right, let's 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 have another one from you, James. I think I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here. Uh -huh. I'm gonna say, I, I think I'm going to say we have to have a Pulse album, don't we? I think so. But I'm going his and hers. Good. Because I think his and hers is significantly better than a different class. Yep. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not going to argue with you. And I'll probably lose about two and a half thousand followers and have my house burned down <laughs> and you know, I'll get lynched in the street. But <laughs> it has to be said, I think his and hers, 
again, looking back, I think at the time, different class was incredible. And the hits, you know, common people is the anthem of Britpop. I don't think anyone can argue that. No. Um, Disco 2000 is still played on absolute radio, 90s and absolute radio and Radio X. I reckon every day I think I must hear it. Um, it's a huge song. Um, but it's, it's brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant. I mean, you start off with Joyriders, Lip Gloss, Acrylic Artists. I mean, they're all great, great songs. I mean, any of those could have been hit singles probably. Um, but then we, of course, we, we go to the big songs on that album. And we've got Babies, yeah. which everyone knows. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows the story of hiding in the water, etc. And it's, and it's sordid and it's, but it's sort it's, it's of, but it's, it's so realistic, isn't it? <laughs> That's the sort of thing teenage boys do, you know, getting up to no good. Um, and then you've got, do you remember the first time? Like, That's huge. That's absolutely huge. That's a massive song. And yeah, it's not the anthem that the common people turn to, but it's as good to me. But at the same time, yeah, you've also got some really, some really good, Songs that take a bit of getting into, songs that you're not going to enjoy probably when you're a 14 year old, 15 year old lad. But, yeah. Yeah, things like David's Last Summer and, and, and Pink Love and stuff. They're just, yeah, they're great. And I, yeah, I always, when people talk about Pulp, I always say, yeah, it's a note. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I can remember very clearly buying lip gloss. That was the first time I, I heard about uh, Pulp, and I, I bought it on CD single from a record shop in Paisley called Stereo One. And I, yeah, just loved it. And his and hers, I loved the artwork. I thought the artwork was incredible. Yeah, the artwork's fantastic. Yeah. The airbrush sort of, yeah. It's, it's just beautiful. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I like the fact that you mentioned Pink Glove. P Pink Glove, you know, as I said, how old would I have been? I'd have been, I guess... 1920 when it came out and I, I can remember feeling very and I, I had a very religious upbringing and I, I felt very very naughty listening to Pink Glove that so, you know it, I, I, I got you know whatever the sexual equivalent of butterflies in your stomach is I, I, I got I remember thinking oh wait a minute Wait a minute! I, this 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 is new. Um, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a bit it was a bit kinky, wasn't it? You know, the the whole album had this kind of it's, undercurrent. It's, it's like erotica, isn't it? A lot of it, but it's very, but it's Jarvis is erotica, so it's sort of done with like a bit of a yeah, it's a bit naff. It's naff erotica. <laughs> it's not sexy, is it? Like it is kind of sordid and and cheap and, and horrible, and you know, it, it happens in nasty flats and you know, nasty bits of, in nasty towns and. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, and and uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, D different class is a is a great pop album. Different class does contain those, you know, yeah, Brit pop anthems. You're right. Common people, you, you you can't get away from it. And and if you if if you didn't know, or if they had never recorded his and hers, then I would be with all those people who really rate different class. But but I I think I, I'm with you. Um, and I've grown to love it more and more as the years have gone on. His and hers. It's. Uh, yeah, there's just yeah, it just has a, a, a certain has a, has a feel to it. You're right, that kind of tacky, faded British sense of erotica. Yeah, you're right. That, that's I think that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, yeah, a real a real sort of antidote to the American glossy sort of the way America paints itself as it comes across that it's, everything's airbrushed and it's gloss and it's and it's sexy and and, and pulled is is really the opposite. It's like yeah, we have sex, but we have it on like wet afternoons in the <laughs> or whatever. It's not glamorous. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, I've I've been married for uh, seven years, so I'm afraid I don't have sex anymore. Oh well, um, well, yeah, same here, to be honest. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> gone. Yeah. Say, yeah. uh, well, at, at, at this point, we should point out to Mrs. Britpop Memories and Mrs. Meldman and Max. We are, of course, joking. Uh, we're, we're playing on male stereotypes, there, ladies. Uh, uh-huh. Right, of moving, course, course. Mo- moving swiftly on uh, before we end up living in a, a rented flat together uh, as two back yeah. together. Um, rented flat, not a shop, and all that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I am going to nominate uh, another uh, slightly. Uh, less well-known uh, choice and I'm going to plump for um, I've mentioned it already actually Mantery and Some Pop oh um, and there's there's a couple of reasons I mean it's, it's a good album it's it's. I, I don't think you know it, 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 it's a lost classic or anything it's just a good album it's a good collection of songs but I, I can remember um, that the album came with a skinny fit t-shirt uh, yeah, it came with a skinny fit T-shirt. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Now that that may, of course, uh, James, be false memory syndrome, um, but I, I, have a, I have a very vivid memory of it coming with a T-shirt. It was also the first thing I ever owned on coloured vinyl. It came on bright yellow vinyl. Yes, because all the uh, artwork's bright yellow. That's my copy in my hand now. Actually, yeah. yeah. And I, so I really like that. And also, they were very cool looking guys. They get very, very mod, isn't it? That sort of, yeah, that sort of, that sort of new wave of new wave mod. That's, well, I mean, of course, they're, they're part of that, really, aren't they? There's that song, um, yeah. Sad, on um, Shagging in the Streets. Is it Shagging in the Streets or Return to Splendor? I think it's Shagging in the Streets. Um, and I can remember hearing that, along with um, a band that I know you've got a lot of love for, Smash. I think they had um, yes. Bang, Bang, Bang on, on, on that. Um, so, or was it Shane? It's one of the two. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Possibly Hold on, I've got it here. I've got it here. Oh, it, it was bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it was bang, oh, bang, bang. And I can remember hearing "Sad" and thinking, "Yes, this this is the the moddiest of the new wave of new wave. This has a, a very definitely English feel to it." And and despite being born north of uh, Hadrian's Wall, I, I'm I'm a real Anglophile. You know, I've I've never been comfortable really with Scottishness. Um, and so I, I really, you know, I've, I've always had a, a real thing about the jam and the kinks and the small faces and Bowie and bowling. So, yeah, so I'm going to nominate Mantery with uh, with some pop um, and, and encourage people who might listen to this to go out and, and find a copy. Go out. Yeah, it'll be on Music Mag Play on eBay for like £1.29. Absolutely. And it'll be £1.29 well spent. So. For, for sure, for sure. All right, let's have one more each. Yeah, we do know how old they were. 
and I, I don't know exactly, but I mean, they were very young. Very young. And it's only their debut. <laughs> uh, the audacity to put our debut that good. It's outrageous. It's, yeah, it, it's got some great singles on there, obviously, you know, we should, uh, we, we can all sing along to Slight Return and uh, Blue Tonic, etc. These, these are great singles. But again, you look, you go deeper into those album tracks and talking to Clary's a great opener. But my favourite, probably my favourite Blue Tone song actually is on here and that's the best start of the second side that can't be trusted. Oh, uh, that... With deliberate misspelling. That has made me feel uh, giddy. That That is my favourite Blue Tone song. Is it? Oh, well, I am. This hasn't been set up at all, by the way. This is just a complete fluke, so yeah. That's, um, oh, it's a fast. Oh, it's just a magic song. And when you see him do it live, oh, it's just brilliant. But it's just a great band. And of course, well, well we, could, we could do a little plug for them, can't we, dear? Because of course, they go out on tour next week. That's right. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing them at Shepherd's Bush on the 19th of May, which is FA Cup final day and some royal wedding or something. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, so yeah, more importantly, it's a blue tone. Then it's the FA Cup final. That comes second, and then and then Harry and his missus uh, right down the bottom. But um, yeah, that's going to be a great tour. The first ten years, um, so <laughs> some great albums there in that first ten years of their career. So I'm really looking forward to it. But that, 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 as far as debuts go, that's up there with anyone's debut. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, again, I can remember going to see the Blue Tones real early on. Um, and I've, I've, again, I've got it sitting here. I've pulled it out um, my, my seven-inch blue vinyl copy of Slight Return in a plain white sleeve that they, they sold on that tour. Um, I saw them at King Tut's Wawa Hut in, in Glasgow. Oh, um, legendary. Legendary venue, yeah. It's, it's a great venue, King Tut's. And it's it, it's not only a great venue because of its history, it's just a, a really great venue to see bands, you know. And, um, yeah, I can remember being there that night and just thinking... This is special, and then yeah, that you know, you go home and you play the record, and then the, the album comes out, and, and you're right, expecting to fly is just it's just another one of these Britpop albums. Despite how sneery and snooty some people can be about Britpop, there are several albums that are faultless, start to finish. You know, from the artwork through to the track listing, through the production, through the writing, through the playing, and expecting to fly is is definitely that. And, and also, we should say. Um, in in Mr. Ad I Am, uh, one of the greatest characters on Twitter. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, he's a character, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'll be a bit quiet for it for the next month because he's going to be doing some actual work. He's going to be quite quiet. But, uh, and, um, and let's not forget, of course, Mark Morris himself is probably the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Well, so you, 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 you've interviewed him, haven't you? Yeah. Right, I, I'm going to plump up my, my final choice. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have a full album, um, really, um, from this band. So I'm, I'm just going to pick a single, and, and that is going to be um, uh, The Weekenders, All Grown Up. There, 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 there is a mini album, of course, that you can find on uh, Spotify yeah, with all the singles uh, my collected. My copy's somewhere. I'm looking for it now, in fact. I have it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you got it there? Uh, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. I can find it, but yeah, I have got it. It is, you know, they're an interesting band, The Weekenders, because they they are the dictionary definition, I guess, of of scenesters. You know, um, Paul Tunkin was, of course, as we've mentioned already, the, the DJ on the, the Park Life tour. He's responsible for blow up the big mod club in London during the Britpop era, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, they had sort of three singles. 
released on their own label, Blow Up Records, um, from a little record shop on um, Inverness Street in Camden. And the, and the record shop's still there, actually. Um, and they, they were... Yeah, they were just scenesters, you know. But the, the the thing I loved about the Weekenders was they were the Britpop band that made me think, "Oh, I could be in a band." Yeah, I, yeah. I'm. You know that that this doesn't sound like definitely maybe. I can't do definitely maybe. It doesn't sound like expecting to fly. I definitely can't do expecting to fly. You know, I I, I haven't lived the life that Jarvis Cocker's lived. I can't do that. But I could do this. I could do this. I could do three or four chords and, you know, yeah. and, and, and write some lyrics that kind of rhyme about, you know, I don't know, going for the Sunday papers and having a fag and, yeah, you know, I, I just, there was, there was something very kind of DIY and very innocent and very charming about it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to give a, 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 I believe the young people used to say, a shout out. Uh, to oh, to the yeah. weekenders, so that that's that's my final choice. That's a good choice. Yeah, solid. Yeah, I like it. Well, the next time the Guardian are looking for uh, somebody to compile a list of the the ten best Britpop songs uh, or albums, I, I think they know where they they need to come. Uh, yeah, come, well, come. Yeah, I would we're probably out of their league a little bit because of the dross that they write. I mean, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't you think today is there over the weekend or they've written something ask about? CD, that's it. No one's ever going to buy another CD, etc. Et I thought, well, <laughs> I'm still buying stuff off Music Magpie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, yeah, I don't believe a word the Guardian says it does all, but there you go. Yeah, no, I, I'm uh, I'm with you 100%. Well, listen, James, thank you for doing this. This has been really lovely. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, uh, no, it's been good fun, yeah. And uh, let's let's hope that we meet up at some, uh, some star-shaped event. Fingers crossed. Yeah, perhaps, we'll, perhaps we'll have to catch up again another time and, and chat about something else, maybe singles or gigs or just general Britpop chit-chat. I don't know. Let's do it. Something, can't we? Let's do it. That, that sounds great. All right, James, thanks so much. No worries. Take care, Paul. Bye-bye, my friend.